When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. It is Tuesday, May 2nd. It is about 11 a.m., so much earlier than I'm used to recording. Typically more of a night owl. Do it, you know, while it's silent at like 1 a.m., <laughs> But we've got big recruiting news, big recruiting news for CSU football. Kobe Johnson, North Dakota State's leading rusher from last season, will transfer to CSU, the second NDSU player to transfer to CSU this offseason with the potential of a third. So keep your eyes open there. On this pod, we'll get into Kobe Johnson's game. Really excited about how he can translate in the Mountain West. I'll talk about the process and just how the transfer portal is bittersweet. You win some, you lose some. I'll talk about some of the FCS ties on the staff and how they are paying off and how CSU is doing a good job of evolving the way that they recruit in the NIL world. Basically, it's harder to land FBS transfers for a school like CSU, but it has opened up the possibility for CSU to land some under-the-radar talent at the high school level, at the JUCO level, FCS level, D2, etc. There's still plenty of talent to go around. You just have to work harder when it comes to recruiting if you don't have a blank checkbook and infinite resources. After we talk about all that, get into the current state of the running back room, we'll kind of preview that position going into the season because we couldn't really talk about it as well uh, last week because Kobe had not yet announced his commitment. Much like the basketball process, I'm sorry that this drug out a little longer than I intended. Would not have teased it if I didn't realize that the announcement wasn't coming until May 2nd. But it all worked out in the end, so no need to come for me. Just take the win when it comes. Uh, After all that, we will talk about CSU men's golf and how they fared in the Mountain West Championships and a, a versatile pickup for the women's basketball program. So we've got some recruiting news there as well. But just briefly, in the intro here, I wanted to start with some good news. Uh, The last pod started extremely heavy, you know, with the Shaq Barrett situation. Still, my heart just goes out to him, Jordana, the entire family. But fortunately, we can start on a little bit of a higher note this time around. Barry Wesley is going to get a look with the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Lombardo of Heavy on Sports, the first to report it, offensive tackle Barry Wesley, who most recently starred for the Seattle Sea Dragons, accepted an invite to the Falcons rookie minicamp. And you love to see it. Obviously, there are no guarantees. In 2022, Barry got a look with the New York Giants. That didn't work out. Ultimately, ended up in the XFL with Seattle, now getting a second look. And that's what the XFL is all about. You know, I'll be honest, I'm not very interested as a fan as far as watching the usfl the xfl and it's just because i get plenty of football in my life with what i do for a living i consume college football you know the nfl year round and so by the time march april may june that time rolls around i'm locked into the nhl playoffs the nba baseball 
it's just kind of an opportunity for me to take a deep breath, refresh, and honestly have a chance to miss football, have an opportunity to miss the sport. I think with anything, if you get too much of it, it becomes less exciting. And if you go away from it for a little bit and then come back to it, you kind of have that opportunity to get a nice little reset and then come back at the end of July with training camp and all that. But having said all that, just because I'm not super interested in the XFL and the USFL as a fan, I think for players like Barry, it's just an awesome, awesome way for them to keep their pro football dreams alive or their NFL dreams alive, I should say, because they're playing pro football in the XFL, which in itself is an accomplishment and really cool and much more than 99.9% of individuals will ever do out there. But I just think it's neat. And I think the concept is greatly needed. College football will always be the biggest feeder system for the NFL, the biggest minor league, if you want to call it. And there are going to be some guys that come out of college that are just absolute beasts right away, can step onto the NFL field and make an impact. Doesn't matter where they are, any team, any system, any place. Other guys have got to be in the right fit. And they, honest to God, may be good enough to play in the NFL somewhere. It just doesn't happen to be the team that they're getting worked out with for whatever reason. could be a scheme thing. It could be they have too many guys on the roster like you. And unfortunately, despite having the skill, despite having the talent, there are a lot of prospects that just don't ever get the right shot with the right team. And due to circumstance, their NFL dreams just don't come true. But having the XFL and the ability to continue working on your craft, to continue putting film out there against quality competition, it's huge. It's really huge for those fringe guys like Barry. And I just, I couldn't be happier for him. He is one of the most genuine and kind, humble individuals I've ever been around. I've known Barry since he was literally seven years old. He and my younger brother were the two biggest kids on the team, the two biggest offensive linemen. Uh, They were called patch players. If you know what that is in peewee football, meant they were too heavy to be able to run with the football. You had to be a designated lineman. But the thing about Barry that I think is really cool, and I was actually talking about this with my brother Brandon recently, is just how Barry has been proving people wrong his entire career. Like even going back to the beginning of high school, people would look at him and be like, ah, you know, he's, yeah, he's big, but he's not that good. He's not tough enough. He's not this. He's not that. And even then, as he got much better throughout the high school process and developed, most schools that were looking at him, most people that were, you know, seeing him at Bear Creek were just kind of like, eh, yeah, but is he going to be able to do it against better competition? Of course, he ends up walking on at CSU by his second year in the program, earns a scholarship and is starting ends up being a multi-year starter for the Rams. And despite everything that went wrong throughout his career, the end of the Bobo era, the beginning of the Adazio era, beginning and end of the Adazio era, I guess, Barry was always just one of the most dependable and reliable players on the team. He was genuinely the best offensive lineman in the room. I mean, shit, the Rams could have used him last year, couldn't they? But I, I don't blame the guy for moving on. He decided he wasn't coming back before Adazio even got fired. Who could blame him? But my long-winded point here is just that Barry has been proving doubters wrong his entire life. And that even includes me. I'm not trying to get up on my soapbox here or my high horse and act like I knew this was going to happen. But while it may be a long shot for him to make it in the NFL, I mean, 
he's he's been doing that his entire life. So at this point, it really would not surprise me. I mean, he's just such a hard worker. He brings some versatility to the table in terms of being able to play on both the right and left side. He's really intelligent individual. He's just a good football player. He's just a good football player. So I wish him well. I'm really excited to see how it works out for him. Atlanta is where Tyson Brylow was able to rejuvenate his career after a tough stint in Denver. Maybe the Dirty Birds will be the team that gives Barry his first legitimate shot in the league too. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about Kobe Johnson, big time addition for that running back room. But Fubo TV has 140 plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device. You can watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price, and you can start watching immediately with a seven day free trial. No contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. 1,000 hours of cloud DVR is included at no extra charge. That's an awesome, convenient feature. It's a great way to watch the local teams while traveling. You know, the Nuggets playoff run, PGA Championship, French Open, F1, UFC, whatever you're into. Watch the Nuggets and Avs playoff run on Altitude and ABC with Fubo TV. Just go to fubotv.com slash DNVR to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Of course, y'all know that we love our Breckenridge beers over at DNVR, and it's because Breckenridge Brewery has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some ice-cold Breck brew on deck. And they've been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy. You gotta love that. And you've gotta love the endless variety that Breck offers. It's spring right now. We've got summer right around the corner. Can't go wrong with a classic Mountain Beach Sour. Uh, their lemon shandy is to die for. But me personally, a lot of the time, I'm just keeping it simple with the classic Avalanche Amber Ale. It hits every single time. And unlike certain beers, you don't have to worry about them switching up on you. Check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Finally, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades and an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Cool, cool, cool. Let's go ahead and get on into it now. Kobe Johnson, North Dakota State's leading rusher from this past season, five foot nine, hundred and eighty-eight pounds, senior back, will transfer to CSU. He announced that late on May first, so ended up being a nice little surprise for some of you night owls out there. Uh, he is coming off of a season in which he had a team high nine hundred and sixty-one yards on one hundred and twenty-nine carries. 
If you're like me and needed a calculator for that math, that is 7.449, so 7.5 yards per carry. He had nine touchdowns on the ground, and that was even with two other backs as well as their quarterback also factoring into the ground game. North Dakota State, one of those teams that's going to run it down your throat through a variety of formations and basically force you to stop them. Over the course of his career, he's played in 48 games, 381 attempts, 2,563 yards. That's 6.7 yards per carry. He has 18 career touchdowns, including nine this past season. He has rushed for at least two touchdowns in each of the previous four years. So he's been a guy that's been productive since day one. Um, Watching him on film, great balance, really, really patient running back. He lets his blocks develop. He has tremendous vision. But what I like about him is despite the fact that he's patient after making a little cut in the open field or if there happens to be a hole, he hits it hard. And I love that in a running back, just decisiveness. You've got to have some wiggle. You've got to have some elusiveness in the open field. But if you start dancing around too much, more times than not, you're just opening up the possibility for negative plays, for turnovers. And when I watch Kobe Johnson... One, really good ball control. You can see he's always holding that ball high and tight. Two arms wrapped around that bad boy when he's going through traffic. But if he gets an angle, like if he can get to the sideline, he's going to outrun you. And he was a guy that just created a ton of explosive runs for North Dakota State, a true home run hitter. With his frame, you know, I'm not sure he's the type of back you want doing what Avery Morrow did against Nevada last season and getting like 30 carries. But he is a guy who has produced at a major level, albeit in the FCS, for one of the winningest programs in the country. And regardless of what the status of Avery Morrow ends up being week one, same with Keegan Hollis, based on the way Jay was talking about Keegan after the spring game, sounded like his knee injury is pretty significant. Regardless of what happens to him or Morrow, though, you now feel good about having an experienced starter that you can put out on the field week one against Wazoo. Because, you know, I'm I'm stoked about the possibility of what Damian Henderson, four-star recruit out of Los Alamitos, brings to the table. I think he has electric possibilities. And, and honestly, the same goes for Justin Marshall out of Merrillville, Indiana, another stud who had significant P5 interest. Both of those guys just have incredibly high ceilings, and I'm extremely excited to see them in the green and gold. Excited about Jordan Smith and KJ Edwards as well, the JUCO additions that'll be coming into the team. But Johnson is a guy who we've already seen produce consistently against a level of talent that's fairly comparable. Like if you can go for 206 yards in an FCS semifinal against a team like Montana, in my opinion, you could go for 100 on the ground against, you know, a UNLV. I just don't think there's going to be any questions about how his game translates based on what I have seen from him. He looks like a guy that day one could be your starting running back and you would feel good about that. As far as this whole process goes, you know, the portal is a bit bittersweet. I have made some jokes about the North Dakota state to CSU pipeline being flowing now. And I've had folks point out, you know, it it wouldn't feel so good if it was the other way around, if it was a CSU to big 10 pipeline. And to that, I say fair. But I'd also just say that this is the way of the world in in college football in 2023. And CSU is absolutely going to get poached at some point down the line. They're going to poach teams smaller than them. It's just the circle of life. It's the food chain. And so I'm not going to 
temper my excitement or not be stoked about this edition because down the line, CSU, you know, may lose somebody themselves. They will lose somebody. That is the the world of college football. It's just a bittersweet process. You win some, you lose some. When the wins come, though, you've got to embrace them for all that they are. Otherwise, what's the point? If you can't enjoy anything, it's the same deal in a losing season. If you can't at least enjoy the wins when they come, what's the point of still watching? Anyways, I'm just saying I get the sentiment of it, and it really is true. I mean, it stinks when you are the the school being poached. I brought up the same points last year when all the guys came over from Nevada and how it's rough when you're on that side of things. But it's just the way the game works now, and it kind of is what it is in that regard. Continuing with just more thoughts on the process of all this, to me, it's clear that the FCS ties on the defensive staff are paying off in a major way. Freddie Banks, Buddha Williams, Adam Pillapal, all guys that spent time with FCS programs recently still have those connections. And perhaps even more importantly, because they have the experience in the FCS and the FBS, maybe have a, a leg up in terms of the player evaluation process and just being able to identify what type of guys are going to be able to make that jump from the FCS to the FBS. But I just love the way that the staff continues to approach recruiting. Jay Norvell talked about it on my show on National Signing Day. The game's changed. Like, it's never been harder to land FBS transfers for Mountain West schools for teams like CSU football. The asking price is just too high if you're an established FBS player. But I think CSU's ability to land high school talent, to land JUCO guys, FCS players, D2 players that in previous cycles, five, six years ago, would have absolutely gotten scooped up by Power 5 schools and are now just flying under the radar because a lot of these bigger schools are investing most of their recruitment energies in the portal and into FBS transfers specifically. There's always talent out there. The coaches that whine about it generally are the laziest recruiters. And it's never been easier to be a lazy recruiter, especially if you're at a school that has a blank checkbook, a huge NIL collective, they'll just throw money at their problems. If you're at a smaller school with less resources, you've got to get more creative. You've got to work harder. But it can be done. And we're seeing that with the type of talent that this staff has been able to recruit over the last couple of cycles. So I'm really encouraged. Like I said, I think Kobe Johnson can be a day one starter. I think he's an absolute home run hitter. And frankly, he feels like the type of guy that in the past would have gone on to somewhere like I don't know, Kansas State or something and rushed for 1,200 yards as a senior and ended, you know, second team, all Big 12 or something. First team, I don't know. I went to second team in the hypothetical, but you get the point. This is a really solid pickup for the program and I can't wait to see what he does this fall. All right, we're going to wrap up here, talk a little bit of golf and women's hoops. When you get hurt, though, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. And no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. 
All right, y'all, before we get out of here, I wanted to shout out sophomore Christoph Blair of the men's golf team. He came up just shy uh, falling to San Diego State's Dylan Oyama for the uh, individual top title at the Mountain West Championships came down to a playoff. So really, really exciting. Blair in the final round matched the program's record for lowest individual with a nine under 63. It's the second time this year he's posted a 63. And totally finished the multi-day event with a score of 197. It is just the seventh time a CSU Ram has finished below 200. The 197 by Blair and Oyama also set the Mountain West Championship record, the uh, 63 he shot on Sunday, the second lowest score ever for a Mountain West Championship. So really a dynamite performance. As a team, the Rams, you know, maybe underwhelmed a little bit. They finished fourth. Uh, They shot 10 under as a team, 278 collectively. Certainly not bad. You just would have liked to have seen the top 25 program, you know, finish first or second. That said, the season is not over yet. The 23rd ranked Rams now wait for the NCAA selection show. That is on Wednesday. We'll find out where they head for regionals, which are May 15th through the 17th. You can watch that selection show on the Golf Channel at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. All right, keeping this expedited version of what's happening in Agland rolling, CSU Women's Basketball announced the addition of a Swedish forward transfer from KU. They won the WNIT this past season. CSU announced the addition of Sana Strom. I hope that I am pronouncing that correctly. Forward from Lulea, Sweden. Ryan, going back to the Scandinavian roots, it feels like the old Williams days with this addition. Uh, We've got a quote from the press release here. Sana is a very competitive and tough player who can play multiple positions. She's a player that can rebound, guard multiple spots, and can shoot the basketball as well as attack and use her size and strength around the rim. Sana does a lot of things on the floor well and has the ability to impact the game in many ways. She played the last two years uh, for Kansas. She played in 43 total games, including 34 this past season. She started eight games, averaged 16 minutes a game for the season, so a significant number of the rotation. Defense is kind of what she is hyped up for, but she did shoot 30% from beyond the arc on the offensive side this past season. In addition to what she does collegiately, she also played in the FIBA Under-20 European Championships last summer. She competed for Sweden in Group A of the tournament, averaging 7.2 points, 4.8 rebounds, and 2.5 assists over six starts for uh, Sweden in that event. So yeah, it'll be exciting to see how her game translates You know, the Rams definitely got bullied in the post at times last year. It was never more apparent than when they were going up against Fertig in Wyoming. I'm a little worried about the lack of post size for that group going into next season, but with the offensive abilities that they should have with the talented guards, the amount of points they should be able to score, it should at the very least be a really thrilling run. Can't wait to see how that team plays. would be really cool to see McKenna go out with a Mountain West championship. She certainly earned it. But yeah, that's all I've got for this episode. We'll be back with more content throughout the week. Shout out to all of you for continuing to support the pod. If you wouldn't mind leaving me a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, wherever you consume the podcast, it would be greatly appreciated and a huge help for me. Honestly, I hate talking about that type of stuff, but it is a part of the game. So yeah, shout out to the presenting sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that code DNVR when you sign up. Shout out to Shelton Harris for letting me use two 4k dreams as this outro song much love peace what would you
you say if I told you I'd be the greatest MC that there ever was? Eh. What would you say if I told you that I could take a bunch of kids from the bottom and bring them to number one? Eh. What would you say if I told you and nobody in the Brock and Bush sold out crowd? Damn, that shit is crazy. You probably never make it when you listening to that right now. I said we on there.